Nights with Simon Lim on 1FM 91.3. Night Call with Simon Lim. Tonight on my show, my special phone-in guest is Ivan Yeo, owner, co-founder, and head chef of Blue Smoke, a grill and smokehouse that focuses on several far techniques to bring out Asian flavors. Hi, Chef Ivan. Welcome to my show. Hello, Simon. Okay. Very, very honored to be on your show. Big fan. You're welcome. Now, Ivan, why don't you tell my listeners what Blue Smoke offers? So Blue Smoke is um, the one-of-a-kind uh, restaurant of its own uh, where we do a lot of Asian-styled foods, primarily Asian-styled foods, um, through the process of this uh, smoking and grilling. So when we talk about smoking, when we talk about including the Western-styled smoking, like what you see on TV you know, with the chef table recently and all that stuff, the ones that we are usually accustomed to, you know, you go to Chongpang, um, chicken wings, and you see that, that billowing black smoke, that kind of stuff, the very aggressive kind of fires. Yes. So that's basically what we offer. So we have the full spectrum, this array of temperatures and the kind of uh, aromas that comes from the media that we are burning, mm. all right? It develops a very, very unique flavors that I don't think even if I were to share my recipe out openly to anyone, they can actually replicate it. So it's really uh, one of its own experience. And of course, coupled with our own um, craft taps, right? We brew our own beers as well from the 1925 Brain Company. So it's a 10-year-old company, um, very proudly local brand. Also featuring um, Asian-style beers mm. with Asian flavors as well. And why did you come up with the idea of Blue Smoke? You know, tell me the story, the inspiration behind. It's actually quite funny. It's actually quite a rash uh, decision because, um, well, we have to go back about December 2021. That was kind of like the tail end of the pandemic, right? Because we are located along Chet Road. There was this very swift gentrification that's going on along this um, this entire stretch of roads, mm-hmm. right? And and you have a bigger brands, you have a lot of Western brands, very established brands from overseas all coming in, um, setting up shop here. And obviously with businesses like that and these brands like that, um, the demographic along the streets will change, mm-hmm. right? So previously, we were very happy doing all the private dining, very traditional stuff, right? Um, we would focus on Teochew, cuisine, but modernized versions of, of this future cuisine. And so we were actually very well known and very well established in um, the private um, dining sector where people would want to look for contemporary Teochew style foods. Obviously, when the pandemic kind of hit, everything changed and we decided that something has to give. Coincidentally, at a point of time, as personally as a chef, I felt I was kind of like plateauing. There was really nothing more that kind of excites me going mm. to work. Um, it's just day in, day out the same stuff. And sometime between October, I would say October, September-ish, we actually chanced upon this space in um, Chachukang. This landowner, this farm owner, he owns a, a nursery that supplies all these exotic ferns. And we kind of hit it off and he said, hey, you know, I had this idea where I wanted to turn this old workshed or something like that into a F&B uh, experience. Mm. So what he proposed? And we proposed, of course, the smoking concept to the barrel room and everything. And I guess well, we did quite well for it. The entire concept took off so well, and that was also at a point where I actually hated Western smoke. I despised it, in fact, right? So I thought that was an opportunity to kind of like um, confront this despicable <laughs> behavior because of the lack of understanding, right? Yes. And, and, and try it out. So I, I actually tried it out. I, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the entire culture of it, the very slack, very slow <laughs> uh, moving uh, cooking process, right? Mm. And you really enjoyed the process. I kind of enjoyed it a lot. And that kind of stuck with me. So unfortunately, the project had to close because of various reasons. And we thought that would be, or rather that would be our 
our next thing that we wanted to do. I was talking to my brother and I was talking with another friend. I was asking her um, and my brother, I was like, you know, why is this particular neighbor drawing cues, right? So we had a massive, massive uh, a teardown session, right? Right at the back alley of my shop. We were throwing out ideas and then it came upon me that the solution was just right there. That was whatever we had been doing at the farm, right? Everybody loved the food. Everybody loved the concept. Just like that, this epiphany hit. I shared with everybody. Everybody said, yes, that's an awesome idea. <laughs> and we kind of launched Blue Smoke in a week. Wow. From the the, the, the okay. corporate identity, yes. um, the change in the menu. We, we got the equipment in. It was madness, right? We tore down everything. We made some um, minor adjustments mm. to the restaurant and we started marketing it from zero. So we tore down all the marketing efforts that we have built from scratch over this past five years that we've been building 1925 Brewing Company Juche and immediately switched it over to Blue Smoke. Surprisingly, within a year, we took off. You know how lucky <laughs> I was with the idea, I would suppose. No venture, no yeah. gain, yes. Yeah? So, like you said, you know, <laughs> exactly. you faced something that you thought you were not interested in, but then, you know, it turned up otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, stay with me right exactly. here on the show. Um, that's the story of Blue Smoke. Chef Ivan, you're with me on my show, so don't go away. Night Call with Simon Lim. On the line with me is my special phone-in guest, Ivan Yeo, owner, co-founder, and head chef of Blue Smoke. Blue Smoke is a grill and smokehouse located at the district of Juche. Chef Ivan, why was Juche uh, chosen for having, you know, uh, Blue Smoke? How did this happen? I don't want to romanticize this, but Juche kind of chose us. It was quite funny <laughs> because we were originally at Jalan Besar. Yes. And this um, current property was previously owned by our declaring agent for our taxes for our Alcohols. Because he declares our taxes and he knows um, how much our revenue stream was. At a point of time, his tenant took off, just disappeared one night, right? And he said, okay, I got to pay my mortgages and all that stuff, or I'm going to lose this place. Um, why did you take over? I know you guys can afford it, right? Mm-hmm. So the rent was cheap. I can share with you, it was $4,800 as opposed to, I was paying, what, $16,000 in Jalan Besar? Mm-hmm. So Jalan Besar was great, but it wasn't fantastic for a $16,000 uh, rent space, right? Mm-hmm. So we thought, why not? Let's set up the second place just in case um, the landlord gets greedy and he might just check up the price. And true enough, when the lease came up, he wanted to check it up to 22000 mm-hmm. We said, enough is enough. So we decided that, okay, we're going to uproot from um, Jalan Besar and we broke up the brewery from the restaurant itself and kind of created a, a separate entity, right? And a separate entity for the restaurant. So it was very um, specific whereby we had one entity specifically focused on F&B experience and the other one just on alcohol experience, right? So that's how we came to Jujet. So it was just really a favor. Now, Chef Ivan, um, you won the Asian Cuisine Chef of the Year at the World Gourmet Summit in 2020. How does it feel, you know, to have this recognition because I was I was never culinary trained right mm. so I, I kind of picked up from mom and pop grandpa grandma you know people around me my auntie and all this stuff these people are very uh, you know they are, they are huge sources of influences in my life in terms of the culinary training because both my grandparents um, my maternal side they, they run a very famous uh, you know a great job stall you know mm. the, the pork entrails and all the teochew stuff all the great job stuff and my, my my paternal side they do all this teochew dry goods right so after school or during holidays we're coming around being the free free labor right and, and there wasn't much training in that sense whereby mm. they would just tell you okay I want you to do this I want you to do this there was no basics, nothing, right? Just follow. 
And I think this kind of thing is kind of stuck in my head for a long, long time, right? Uh, I don't know, one day I just got a little bit more interested. I started to dig up the science behind it. And I realized, oh, it was so smart. And these are things that they kind of knew, I guess. I think this was the only training I had. And the other thing that I always started to tell the media when I was being asked whether I've been professionally trained by anyone. I said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I trained under Gordon Ramsay. I trained under Marco Pierre White um, and people like that. Just that they didn't know that it had a student like me because I was on, on the internet, <laughs> right? I was scouring the internet for recipes, for techniques. I was looking at the same footages over and over again. Yes. Um, if there were things I didn't know, I would really just buy the same stuff and I would try it out and work out and see whether whatever they were teaching was real in a sense kind of like test their recipe mm -hmm. and see how I could actually infuse my own um, flavors or my own um, ideas into the, the recipe and try to make it my own as you build up the knowledge for the mm. cooking the experience also builds up right and that was when I think four to five years in I got curious because when we first started in Jalan Besar we were doing a lot of uh, very local Italian foods, all right? At least we tried. Mm. So there were things like uh, chili crab pastas and whatnot, right? Um, then I realized that we hit the plateau very fast because, I mean, we're not Italian, right? We, we, we don't know anything about Italian cuisine. We don't know anything about the, the, the culture. So who was I to, to do this? Mm. So there was a lot of misappropriation on that point, on my mm. part at that point of time. So I realized that why, why do this and, and let's look into my own cultures. So I started to dig up a lot of things. We started to teochify everything that we, we laid our hands on. Yeah, and, and I think that, that kind of um, helped me a lot in, in terms of this award. To be honest, at the point of time they told me that I won it, it didn't really feel much. Not in an arrogant sense, because it just felt nice in a sense. Yeah, okay, you got this recognition from the industry. There are peers who actually nominated me, who recognized me for the chef that I am. That was nice. But I think that is kind of like a good to have, good to know thing. And I'm, I'm, there are other things that I'm actually still working and try to sort with myself um, to juggle between what I really want from the business and from the own journey as a chef. And stay with me right here on the show because you know I have a lot more questions to ask you. Chef Ivan Yeo from Blue Smoke, so don't go away. Night Call with Simon Lim. This evening, my special phone-in guest is Ivan Yeo, owner, co-founder, and head chef of Blue Smoke. Now, Chef Ivan is no ordinary chef, as you'll find out. So, Chef Ivan, in your career, you've been, you know, like creative director in an ad agency and even the chief financial officer of a mobile game company in Beijing. So, it sounds like you're very much, you know, evenly distributed. Uh, right brain thinker and left brain thinker. So, are you indeed both or more? inclined to one side actually it's more of the left i i i think from the young i kind of uh, demonstrated um that a lot very very obviously okay um, i was doing very well in arts classes um generally not even just the arts and craft but geography history literature and all that stuff you know i was pretty good at that but i think it didn't kind of work very well for me for the rights uh, the, the right brain training per se um in singapore because um i think back in the old days it was like just do don't ask kind of uh, approach mm. right um regurgitation memorization doesn't work very well for me. I, I needed to know the basis behind a certain um, a, a certain study, a certain theory and all that stuff. And sometimes it's just beyond my ability. Um, knowing that as a, a weakness. So I kind of, over the years, slowly trained myself and, and through other programs and through the work to build up this uh, logical part of the, the brain, right? To approach things very logically, to analyze certain things um, without giving up the advantage of having this so-called more developed sense of the, of the left brain. Right. Okay. So I think I, I can read people pretty well. I, I like to observe people 
And I think that's kind of the advantage that I had uh, with regard to certain things. And, and in the past, when the mistakes that I made were usually because a lot of blind faith for humanity, <laughs> I would say. Okay. Very romantic. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very generally quite a romantic person, right? And in a sense, whereby I romance for the ideals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, of course, uh, over the years, things have changed, right? So we, we just let things un- uh, unravel themselves and, and let them show what, what they really are. So that, that's the kind of approach I've been taking recently. So tell yeah. me about yourself, you know, when you were a young boy or young man in your 20s versus right now, having experienced life quite a bit at uh, 42, Is are you 42? Yes, I'm 42. <laughs> so what has remained about, you know, um, you that has not changed and what has changed? I think the emotional approach to things is still very much alive. Of course, um, I've built up many layers of, of, of resilience in a sense, right? Um, I don't jump to patronizing these emotions very quickly nowadays. Mm. Um, I, I, I learned to steal myself um, knowing that there is this fire that's going on uh, about a certain topic or a certain subject matter. I would actually sit down and really and, and quiet myself down and, and think through what exactly is this. So the process is really what me and my brother, we coined it, be brutally honest to yourself, right? What do you exactly want from this? Is it because you want fame, you want ego, you want pride, you want whatever? And if whatever that we pinpointed out as the main or rather the objective of why we want something or because we're interested in something. And as long as that is aligned with whatever that we want in our business, in, in whatever process that, that is, we will take it. And, and it's actually much easier because I think the interesting part uh, that this important person that my brother is to me, um, he, he kind of is really the opposite side of me because he's very established in a, on the right brain, mm. right? He's, he's very logical. <laughs> I mean, come on, he, he used to be an auditor for for one of the big fours, right? And that is his training. It's a very calculated, very measured approach to things. So I think we kind of balance off each other very well. And we have a certain advantage in that since because we are, I mean, our relationship is really, really close. Yeah, so we, we kind of pick off the things that we each other overlook and kind of uh, compensate for that whole approach to things. And that's why when people ask me, you know, um, could I have done this on my own? I don't think so. I don't think so because it's a very large part of my life as well as um, uh, in the business, mm-hmm. right? He's practically my right brain. Wonderful brother. Yeah, he's, yeah. Okay, so yeah. stay with us right here on the show. Don't go <laughs> oh, away, <gosh>. okay? <laughs> Night call. With Simon Lim. Tonight on my show, my special phone in guest is Ivan Yeo, owner, co founder, and head chef of Blue Smoke. Okay, Chef Ivan, you belong to Generation X and Y, perhaps, yes. but what have you observed in managing staff who are Gen Z? Well, I, I mean, I used to think that they are, you know, like what everybody says, you know, mm. strawberry and all that stuff. Yes, sure, there are, there are certain um, exemplifications of that um, the kind of behavior. I think they quit relatively fast from just a very shallow judgment you would think that they have no tenacity in, in many of the things that they do mm-hmm. they want the, the shortcut they want to jump start and reach the ending point right away but i i kind of uh, reflected on that a lot because blue smoke is kind of powered in terms of the service stuff is powered by people like that and i've really learned a lot in terms of um, how to deal with people i think they are the missing piece that the baby boomers or the gen x and gen y are lacking that is that emotional safety net mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of nice to know that there is someone out there who are still kind of fresh and and because they are so proud and so passionate about the things they do and usually because of that it's kind of like that very ideal situation that is pictured in their head and and whenever they they join a, a, a organization that does not fulfill that picture they leave because it just doesn't resonate with them 
it's pretty much like all of us. We have all these traits, just that we are told and we are so used to being told that if you don't stay, you're a quitter, you know? Mm. Yeah, things like that, you know? It's, it's a bad thing, you know? But why is it a bad thing in, in this mm-hmm. today's economy? It's moving so fast anyway. In many ways, uh, we, we start to talk to people from uh, the Gen Z and, and younger, we, we start to realize that um, you talk to them, you, you are genuinely concerned about them, you ask them about mm. what they want, uh, what they are trying to achieve, and if, if let's say, it's something that our organization can, can, can provide, great. I mean, we have quite at least, what, 50 to 60 uh, Gen Zs passing through uh, uh, Blue Smoke, and some of them are still working with us. Um, They're part of your tribe yes. right now, those who have progressed exactly. as well, yeah? Exactly, and, and, and so they just lack a old fogey like us, <laughs> like myself, <laughs> right? To sit them down and, and tell them, hey, you know, if you want to do this, there's a constructive way to build towards right it's not just what you see on social media it's not that fast it's not an overnight thing and you build steps you plan so it kind of helps especially now that i'm a father of two right it kind of helps with uh, preparing the, the, the steps ahead for my own children as well tell me one good advice that somebody told you you know the advice that you'll forever keep in mind whether it's business advice or personal advice the one advice i mean this came from my my grandfather not at verbatim at least mm. right he was saying it in teochew over a long paragraph so basically the idea was that whatever thing you want to do go for it as long as the money you're earning you're not spending on building bricks around your house because you fear somebody might come after you yeah that's something you really want to avoid so i think with a lot of things um the ethos of the company or the companies that i've built over the years or the organizations i've joined um or the roles i've played i've always tried to live up to that at least as as best as we can um we have people of course um, in the business world that are i would say uh very challenging to understand right in terms of the ethics right um that it comes to challenge us as long at the end of the day we know that whatever we are building is true we are not cheating our customers we are not cheating ourselves we are not lying to anybody mm. uh, whatever we are doing is, is a decent job i think that's the most important and, and i think that's the kind of image that we want to build and it's a very slow long-run process mm-hmm. but the good thing is that um, that's what truth is usually about right it's, it's a very s- slow revealing thing and, and I think we will be keeping to that for a long time to come and it has always been, yeah. I like that, you know, uh, truth and ethics, yeah, the way you do things. So thank you so much, yeah. uh, Chef Ivan Yeo, for being on my show. And before you go, name one dish my listeners must try at Blue Smoke. Okay, the dish that you must try is obviously the 20-hour lychee smoked brisket, all right? If you come to Blue Smoke, you have not tried a brisket, you have never been to Blue Smoke. This brisket is actually marinated with cream cheese and spiced up with a special blend of garam masala that is created by our local spice boy Jaya. And he has this incredible flavors because the spices are freshly grounded and everything else, it comes through uh, after the smoking process to become another wonderment of its own. So you must really try this dish. Wow, yummy. So thank you once again for being on the show and I wish you all the best. It's been great catching up with you. Chef Ivan Yeo from Blue Smoke. Thank you, Simon.